You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Bible's turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and um, we've been preaching about Jesus, preaching about Jesus, amen, and um, if Jesus could get your attention tonight, he'll maybe make this statement, I'll be back, I'll be back. Um, he left, but he is coming back. And uh, he's coming back for a church. A church that is ready, prepared, expecting, anticipating. Amen. A church that's uh, got its eye upon the eastern sky. Amen. Is occupying until he comes. Uh, but the Lord is returning. Don't let, it, don't let yourself be fooled tonight. No matter how long you've heard it, no matter how long it's been preached, we are closer to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. He is coming back. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we're coming, and we are come to worship him. Matthew 12. 38, then certain of the scribes uh, and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign for, from thee. Here it goes again. They're looking for a sign. We preached about them looking for a sign this morning. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Mm-hmm. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. We've been preaching about Jesus. Can you imagine a preacher that goes to a city and everybody repents? And he doesn't even want to preach there. He doesn't even like the people. He doesn't even care about the people. And he preaches a simple little message of just a few words, and everybody repents. Everybody. I mean, what kind of a situation? A preacher who doesn't want to go there, he doesn't like the people, and he can't care less. And he preaches, and everybody repents. Hallelujah. You talk about, you talk about a preacher. Can you imagine if he actually liked the people, wanted to be there, it's amazing. Hard to say what would have happened to the communities around, but that's what happened when Jonah went to Nineveh. There's a whole backstory I could share with you, but not tonight. Amen. But a greater than Jonah is here. 
and a greater than Solomon is here. See, the Bible is different from many other religious books uh, in the world. In fact, it contains over 2,000 fulfilled prophecies, 2,000 that are already fulfilled, without error. History written in advance. Huh. There are still a few people today who make the claim that Jesus never existed, that he was only some mythical character. However, that claim uh, 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 that they are making, historians uh, uh, have proven that obviously wrong. Besides the New Testament, we know of documented books uh, and sources that Jesus uh, uh, was, was real and he came and was born and he died and he rose again and he ascended. We see historians like uh, Josephus and the Roman historians Cornelius Tacticus and uh, Suetonius and uh, Philemy the Younger. You can, you can look up these these historians, and, and we know more about the life of Jesus uh, than just about any figure in ancient history. His birth, his life, his death, written down in detail, more than any ancient figure in existence is taken uh, and has written down this wonderful information about Jesus. See, the vast majority of people, while in Intelligence, uh, intelligent enough to know that Jesus actually existed are still in the dark today about who he really is. There's lots of people that know him as the Messiah or as a teacher or, or as a prophet or a miracle worker, the Son of Man, uh, the Son of God, but fully do not understand who he is. Jesus, Jehovah, Rock of Ages, robed in a body of flesh and he is returning for his people let me tell you let me tell you who Jesus is hallelujah he's the rock of all ages hallelujah there's something spectacular about him he's coming back he is coming back yeah the apostles in their preaching they cited two areas to prove that Jesus of Nazareth with God in the flesh. They talk about his resurrection and they talk about the prophecies. And you see that throughout scripture. Jesus himself often, often stressed uh, the events that were taking place were fulfillment of, of, of what prophets had written about him in the Old Testament. You can look up 332 Old Testament prophecies just about the Messiah that were fulfilled in the life of, of Christ. 332. These are written in advance before it ever happens. A mathematician by the name of Peter Stoner, he tried to understand uh, uh, how possible that is. He took just eight of those prophecies and, and the odds of a person coincidentally fulfilling uh, just eight of those prophecies is is uh, uh, one, 1 in 10 to the 17th power. His students took and tried to figure out what 48 prophecies would mean. And they found out it was 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And he didn't just fulfill 8 or 48. He fulfilled 332 prophecies uh, to try to figure out uh, what the 
chances of that would be and some type of coincidence. Let me tell you, it's not even... It's not even uh, something that our minds could comprehend. And yet Jesus fulfilled uh, those prophecies with 100% accuracy. Proving uh, that he is the divine author of the word of God. uh, And he is the almighty God. Uh, Something incredibly powerful about who you and I serve tonight. This is not just uh, another teacher or another rabbi uh, or another prophet. No, no, no. This is the almighty God. Just just look at uh, just a few. I'll just be quick. The, the fact that he was born in Bethlehem. Micah 5 and 2, but thou Bethlehem and Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet of, out of thee shall... Uh, come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. That's the prophecy. It's fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. You can read those verses and see that he comes from, obviously, Bethlehem. Now what's interesting, the prophet Micah recorded the exact birthplace of Jesus at least 500 years Before he was born. 500 years. How would an imposter have controlled the minute details of where Jesus was going to be born? The interesting thing is there was actually two Bethlehems. Two Bethlehems. One in the territory of Zebulun and the other in Judea. Bethlehem. Euphrata. This town was so small and so insignificant that twice that it is omitted from the catalog of towns in Judea. Two times it's not even spoken of. And yet Micah prophesies this is where the Messiah is going to be born. And Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 6 gives us uh, uh, the proof that he is born actually in Bethlehem of Judea. Bible says he would be a descendant of King David. Isaiah 11 and 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's fulfilled in Luke chapter 1, verse 32. What is, what is the chances that an imposter could be born in the right village and from the right tribe and have the right ancestors in his family? Israel was to be occupied by a foreign power during his birth. Uh, Genesis 49 verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver shall between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And you see that fulfilled uh, in, in John chapter 18 and verse 31. This is at the crucifixion. That, then said Pilate unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put a man to death. They had relinquished their possibility of capital punishment. They are now under a foreign governorship. This is prophesied all the way back in Genesis 49. See, under Roman dominion, the Jews no longer had any authority to administer the punishment that was 
being said by Pilate. That's why they had to bring him to Pilate in the first place. Prophecy about how he would have an answer to the riddle of the rabbis. The riddle of the rabbis that's known as the riddle of the rabbis is in Jeremiah 22. It's speaking about a, a man by the name of Coniah. Or you see his name spoken as Yekoniah. And the Bible says that because of what the, what the Kaniah had done, that his, his descendants would be cursed. But what's interesting is he's supposed to come out of the bloodline, the lineage of Kaniah. You read it, how it's fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 11. Matthew chapter 1, verse 11. It says, and Josiah begat... Jeconiah and his brethren about the time that they were carried away to Babylon. That's in the lineage of Christ. How is that even possible? Well, the possibility was because Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, that's fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 to 25. See, the answer to the riddle of the rabbis was that Jesus was a legal descendant of Jeconi, but not the literal descendant, because that bloodline had been cursed. And all of a sudden, you, you see prophecies that are hundreds and hundreds of years old falling into place. They tried to explain it that, that uh, some, some have tried to make virgin meet a young woman, just a young woman. But how could a young woman conceiving and bearing a son be a sign? That happens all the time. Young women bear children. That's not what Jesus was, was going to be. No, he was going to be born of a virgin, not just a young woman. And all of a sudden, the, the rabbi's riddle is, is solved in how God Almighty, God Almighty does a supernatural occurrence. And he puts on a human body and he becomes the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. See, the rabbis in Jerusalem, they knew all the scriptures about the Messiah. They had studied them for hundreds of years. Pagan wise men came from the far east to worship uh, Jesus at his birth, but the rabbis didn't even travel uh, a measly five miles to find out if it was really him. Jesus grew in popularity, and he fulfilled more and more Masonic signs, and, and the rabbis, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the Sanhedrin grew more and more callous to, to, towards the prophetic fulfillments that were happening all around them. Hear this, 25 Old Testament prophecies deal with the events surrounding the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, including his betrayal, his trial, his death, and burial. They were uttered by many different voices over a period of 500 years. 25 prophecies about the crucifixion over a period of 500 years 
and every one of them was fulfilled within 24 hours. When you start to see how God has orchestrated, and yet the people that were supposed to be the intelligent people still didn't believe. Daniel prophesies about the Messiah. He would announce to his people 483 years after the decree to rebuild Jerusalem. This was fulfilled to the exact day when Jesus rode into to Jerusalem on a donkey in his triumphal entry, according to John 12. And yet, they still didn't believe. The rebuild to the exact day, 483 years later. Even the rejection of Jesus fulfilling that prophecy was not believed. And so we have tonight sheer ignorance. People expecting their Messiah and studying prophecies about him and literally hundreds of years, and yet they miss the signs of his coming that are around us right now. I stand before you tonight, thousands of prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Things that were, were prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years in advance that were right to the detail of where Jesus was going to be born and, and to what lineage he was going to be born and, and to how his death was going to take place. And, and over 500 years of prophecies happening within a 24-hour period. And yet, and yet people still don't grasp that when he said he's coming back, he's coming back. If the prophecies, uh, hallelujah, that have already been spoken, uh, more than th thousands of them have taken place, uh, let me tell you, when he said uh, he's coming back for his church, uh, he's coming back uh, for his church. You can count on it. Uh, you can hold on to it. Uh, you can expect it. It's not some mystical uh, prophecy uh, that's out there. Uh, oh, this will be the one that's not fulfilled. Let me tell you, uh, without a doubt, uh, everything that's happening around us uh, in our world right now pertains uh, to the scriptural prophetic uh, that Jesus uh, is coming back. Uh, and I'm expecting him. Uh, I'm going to be ready for him. Uh, I anticipate him coming back for his people and for his church we are literally just a short distance away from the return of the Messiah and yet there's seemingly those who are unaware or unconcerned just like the Jewish scholars were in their day Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel wrote about knowledge. Do you know the New York Times now contains more information? than the 
17th century man or woman would ever have encountered in their lifetime. Just the New York Times. It has more information than what a person in the 17th century would have encountered in their whole lifetime. About a thousand books are published internationally every day. Total of all printed knowledge doubles every five years. When you think about how many books there are, it doubles every five years. As we go through grade school to high school, we learn only one billionth of what there is to learn. There's enough scientific information written every day to fill seven complete sets of encyclopedias every day. There's enough scientific information written every year to keep a person reading day and night for 460 years. That's what's written every year. In the last 30 years, mankind has produced more information than in the previous 5,000 years. Just in the last 30 years. What is happening prophetically of what Daniel said in chapter 12, we are living in the day. We are living in the day. And he's talking about The time of the end. Don't allow ourselves to fall into the trap. Well, that's just something I heard from a child. That's something I heard for decades. That No, no, Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. He said it. I believe it. And it is true. Hallelujah. You and I, we might as well get ourselves with our heads out of the sand and realize what's happening around us even as we speak. Hallelujah. Not only the few things that I've shared to you, but the coming of the Lord is in preparation for the church to be lifted off for this earth, hallelujah, and to reign with Jesus for eternity. (laughs) Just back a few months ago, I preached a message called The Next Normal. Our society is preparing for something similar to what has already happened. And they're calling it the new normal. And they're preparing themselves for 2025 and if society is doing that let me tell you the church better stand to its feet and be aware of what's happening around us and be prepared for what God amen is going to do because God is coming back for his church 2 Timothy 3, this and know also, that in the last day perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, uh, false secures, accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. God is coming back for His church. Let me tell you, you can study that list. You can find that list in prominence in 2021. We are, we are ready. We are preparing for the coming of the Lord. 
Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians uh, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh uh, as a thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child uh, and they shall not uh, escape uh, but ye brethren uh, are not uh, in darkness uh, that the day should overtake you as a thief uh, let me tell you for those uh, that are ready uh, this is not uh, a surprise we are expecting and anticipating the coming of the Lord. You won't be worrying about what you didn't get to do, and you won't be worrying about your money, and you won't be worrying about your house, and you won't be worrying about all those things. Let me tell you, he's building a place for you to be, hallelujah, with him for eternity. Hallelujah. No more night. Hallelujah. No more sickness. No more death. And no more pain. No more suffering. But with Jesus, you're going to be. He is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Matthew 24, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Let me tell you. Hard to say what I'm going to have said to me after this. But it's okay. I'm not a climate change denier. Or all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you. They can put as many billions into climate change as they want. There's going to be famines. And there's going to be pestilences. And there's going to be challenges. Because it's already prophesied that it's going to take place. You know, you want to save the world by using a paper straw? Go ahead, that's fine. But let me tell you, it's not going to change the fact that Matthew has already been written. And I'm not against it. Please don't mark that down. Say that. that. No, no, no. After you suck in the straw 40, 30 times, 40 times, it's, it's not there when you're done anyway, so it doesn't matter. All I can tell you is Jesus is coming. That's not a, a license to do whatever you want and, and, and ruin the world that we live in. No, no, we're to take care and do the best we can, but it ain't going to change just because there's a few hundreds of billions of dollars put or even trillions put into whatever is going to be put into. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places and pestilence and famines just because it's already been prophesied that it's going to happen. Jesus is coming back. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I'll be back, is what Jesus said. Listen, the people of Nineveh, music come. 
who repented before God in the preaching of Jonah and the queen of Sheba who traveled a great distance to hear the wisdom of an earthly king and the wise men who traveled a great distance to worship the heavenly king. Listen, they're going to rise up and condemn this generation because a greater, a greater than Jonah, a greater than Solomon, and a greater than any wise king that ever went to Bethlehem, a greater than any of those has risen up. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. He's coming back soon. I don't know about you. I understand things could have been said better in days gone by. Things could have been explained better. And we could try to figure out ways of saying and telling people that the Lord's coming. And and I'm okay. I'm okay with trying to get it through. On just a reasonable voice and language and expectation but I can tell you as a child something stirred in me I remember one event in particular that my dad and I were in the barn we were doing the chores that night I was, I don't know, nine or ten or maybe a little bit older. And my dad stepped out of the barn. And I didn't know he did. And I called for him a few times. And he didn't answer. And I was taught the Lord could come at any time. It scared the living daylights out of me that the rapture had taken place and I was still left in the barn. And I still remember the relief when I went outside and found Dad. If Dad didn't go, it didn't happen. But I remember the feeling inside Brother Hanscom that Jesus was coming back and I sure didn't want to miss it. Now I've got some understanding and have grown up a little bit and understand a little bit and know that I'm ready. And I'm thankful for that. But I still don't regret the feeling of wanting to be prepared and knowing that Jesus is coming back and I sure don't want to miss it. So if it makes you feel uncomfortable tonight, that's good. Get ready. If it makes you feel a little bit antsy tonight, that's the whole idea. Because he's coming back for his church and he wants you to be part of it. I don't want one person sitting here or one person that's listening online not to make it. It's absolutely crucial that we are prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ.
It wouldn't hurt for a little more of old-fashioned conviction to set into our spirits at times where we fall before the Lord and say, God, I want to make sure that everything's on the level. I want to make sure I'm ready, God. I'm occupying to the best of my ability. I'm fulfilling, God, your purpose in my life. I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Because all of a sudden, one of these days, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, hallelujah, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. And those which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's not old-fashioned. That's Bible. That's not some fairy tale or mystical Illusion. No, no, Jesus is coming back. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.